1: Jackson on the Finding Human program on High FM and today I am my own guest and my topic is the fog of fear, the glimmer of hope. So the two I have put together especially for the last few weeks I have felt joy, amazement, fear, panic, anger, frustration, bewilderment, confusion and like many of you post-COVID exhaustion, And then gratitude, hope and relief. So what does glimmer of hope mean? And if you look up in the different dictionaries, the one says a glimmer of hope is the belief that there is a slight chance that something positive will happen. A slight indication that something may improve, succeed or turn out for the best in the end. And then it says fans clung to the glimmer of hope and I think that's often what we are doing and what about the fog of fear what is this fog of fear and and also the, the uh, dictionary says it's a state or a cause of perplexity or confusion or it's bewildered she stared at him, confusion fogging her brain it's a tiny uh, cloud of tiny droplets suspended in the atmosphere reducing visibility to below one kilometre now, I know that unbelievable fear of that, of fog. I remember going up Van Rianen's Pass and there was, the, the mist was very, very low. We could not see anything in front of us. And yet the traffic carried on moving. They hadn't closed the pass. It was one of the most terrifying drives that I've ever actually been on. Uh, my husband assured me he could see, but I think he was actually just trying to reassure me because I'm quite sure he was, his visibility was what my visibility was, which was nil. No. But at the same time, it showed me how we often need to be one another's light. We often need to be that glimmer of light in the darkness. Somebody who says, I can actually see something. And this week I, I had quite an, uh, uh, a fascinating call from a friend of mine who told me about uh, one of her relatives who had arrived at Oliver Tumbo Airport and from overseas, she lived overseas, and she said she could not believe that she was actually engulfed in almost a feeling of toxicity, and uh, she said she, there was fear everywhere, and when she got into the taxi to go to her destination, mm-hmm. she said there was this feeling of fear that went on and on, and uh, every, every single stop street they came to, every robot, the taxi driver said something about, you know, just be careful here, and so she said by the time she got home, she was actually almost shivering with fear. But we'll go back to that in a moment.
0: This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson,
1: only on 101.9 High FM. This is Sue Jackson, and I'm back with my program, Finding Human. And I was talking about uh, a friend arriving and telling me about her friend who had arrived um, and and had been absolutely amazed at the toxicity of Johannesburg and the fear and then this particular friend of mine went off to uh, and uh, to the near kruger park and landed at an airport near there and she said she herself could feel the difference now whether that's in our minds or whether it's actually really a feeling that is in the air and i believe it is In Johannesburg at the moment, there's a huge feeling of anger, of fear that does go on. And we ourselves have got to try and change that. Viktor Frankl spoke in the camps about the laboratory of human suffering. That it was this huge laboratory of humans who were suffering. And he said he could not save the thousands. Nobody could. And, of course, there was guilt in that. But he could make a difference to those in his vicinity and those close to him. And I believe that that is the choice we have, to make a difference in someone else's life. And our children are growing up with fear. And I received this the other day. I got it on Lincoln, actually. And it said, to him who is afraid, everything rustles. And that was by Sophocles. And this particular thing spoke about the fear of children. Our children are now being raised in fear. Fear of each other. Fear of the world. Fear of illnesses, of viruses, and even the air they breathe. They are being taught to fear everything. Prolonged fear is terror, and terror becomes trauma. The psychological damage being done is irreversible. Now, when I read that, I was actually very shocked and I thought to myself, my gosh, it's actually up to me to make sure that my children, my grandchildren do not only live within that fear. And Khalil Khalil Gibran said, keep me away from the wisdom which does not cry, the philosophy which does not laugh and the greatness which does not bow before children. And I wanted to tell you about the lessons that I have learnt in the past few months by a three and a half year old, my little grandchild who is here from Israel and how she has brought such unbelievable joy into our lives. And why? How did she do this? Just simply by being herself, by being spontaneous. I mean that spontaneity that she has brought in is absolutely unbelievable. And um she she's even got me at one stage running through the sprinkler on the one of the very coldest days a few weeks ago that we had and and laughing as I did so. Thank you Craig. This is finding human with Sue Jackson
0: only on 101.9 High
1: FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson and you're about to listen to a very short YouTube, um, by Cheryl Sandberg. She was a chief, she is the chief operating officer of Facebook and the first woman on Facebook's board of directors. And she's with, in conversation with Adam Grant, the American psychologist. He's a professor at Wharton College. And I hope you'll enjoy this YouTube. It's called The Importance of Resilience.
2: Two years ago, I lost my husband Dave unexpectedly, which is an unimaginable thing to live through. I thought I would never get through it. I was worried my kids would never be happy again. So I asked my friend Adam Grant, a psychologist, what could I do?
3: I knew from you know watching other people that it was possible to, to find strength in the face of real hardship.
2: When I lost Dave, it felt like I was sucked into a void, like I couldn't quite breathe or think. And trying to get out of that void to feel like you could breathe again, like you would one day you know, find joy, find happiness, find any sunshine, was an incredibly hard thing to do.
3: I think of resilience as the strength and speed of our response to adversity. So when something bad happens, big or small, how much are we able to overcome it? Or how well do we persevere in the face of it?
2: And I remember asking Adam, you know, How much resilience do I have? How do I figure it out? How much do my kids have? And he said it was the wrong question. The question is not how much resilience you have because there's not a fixed amount. You build resilience. So what I should be asking him is, how do I build resilience?
3: It's a skill set that we work on throughout our lives. It's something that we can build long before we face any kind of tragedy or difficulty. It's really about learning. What does it take for me to find strength in a tough situation? and then being able to apply those skills when they're most needed. Severe adversity brings real perspective, which is about finding appreciation and recognizing, you know, my life could be worse and realizing how fortunate you are to have the good things that you do in your life.
2: One of the things that really helped me recover the most but was completely counterintuitive to me is one day Adam said to me, you know, things could be a lot worse. And I said to him, What do you mean things could be worse? I just lost my husband suddenly. Are you kidding? How could things be worse?
3: And the only thing I could think of was to say, Dave died of a cardiac arrhythmia, and he could have had that same arrhythmia while driving your children in the car.
2: And it never occurred to me I could have lost all three of them in an instant, not just one. And actually, the minute you say that, you're like, okay, I'm all right. Thank God my children are alive. And so even through this loss, I know I have so much to be grateful for. My own health, my children's health, every birthday, every dinner, every minute. And uh, I wish I had learned that before. Because if I could go back and tell Dave that, I would.
0: This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM.
1: Hello, this is Sue Jackson on Finding Human. And you've just been listening to um, uh, Cheryl Sandberg and Adam Grant. And if you would like to actually read their book, it's the most amazing book, Option B it's called. And it's Facing Adversity, Building Resilience and Finding Joy. Um, thank you to my dearest friend who gave it to me for my birthday. If you would like to SMS me, please do so on 34519 Or you can WhatsApp me on 061-895-1019. Now, resilience is something that we actually have to learn. And yet, I was telling you the the lessons that I have learned from a a three-and-a-half-year-old. And they seem to have resilience already. And, you know, she has taught us all how to actually face life with enthusiasm and joy to greet everyone she loves chasing the hardy-dars now how many of you have remembered how exciting it is to actually chase a hardy-dar to hear them with their squawk as they take off to actually laugh at them and what about watching a lizard do you know how fascinating it is to watch the lizards Uh, I have found joy and and huge gratitude in so many things through her eyes. Uh, Even the love of Paddington Bear, Bluey and Sesame Street. And also to beware of strangers. There's a Moshe Ufnik from the Hebrew, the the Israeli one of Sesame Street. And he's a scary man. And you need to be wary of him. Um, And then honesty. You know, So many of us actually hide behind this veneer of everything's okay. And yet a child of that age is able to, if they're allowed to, express what they're feeling. I don't like what you've just said. I'm sad. I'm scared. How many of us would like to say that and know that we are heard that is the important thing, to know that we are heard. And therefore it gives us permission to say it again. And then honesty also, you know. Honesty comes in, uh, as I said, with that. But other honesty as well. She said to me the other day, uh, Safta, you smell? And I said, what do you mean I smell? And she said, you smell like a pancake. Well, that was a relief. Because that was my body shop vanilla spray that she was smelling. So that was rather a, a, a relief. But you know, uh Alex Patakos uh has put out a, a one some wonderful he's a logotherapy, he wrote the book uh, Prisoners of Our Thoughts. And um he actually speaks about a lighthouse as a symbol of strength, hope and awareness. Now I don't know how many of you know that lighthouse at Umschlange. I certainly know it, and I know it well, and I'm going to be looking at it in a different way in future, because he talks about the fact that each and every one of us, at one time or another, we need a beacon of light. You know, it's that glimmer of light to guide us through the fog and the darkness of life. And he talks about how steady a lighthouse is, and that amidst the darkness and the stormy seas of our lives, uh, we we are committed to actually keep looking at that light. That it may just appear in the distance for a moment, and then the fog might uh, come over it, and we miss it for a moment, but we know it's there. And he talks about the lighthouse effect. That helps us to see ourselves and our situation more clearly. And it guides us along the path to meaning so that we ourselves can fulfill our potential. So what is this time asking of us? It's asking something different from each and every one of us. And I know for myself, I have missed my friends, I've missed the interaction, the physical interaction with my friends. Thank goodness I can speak to them, and I I do speak to them, and we do connect, and we are able to share feelings. But without that, I think I would feel very, very lost, and without my family, obviously. Now, the other thing about a lighthouse is that it's a symbol of strength and resilience, and we all need that in our lives, either from other people or from ourselves. And, um, Victor Frankl also said that, um, we, we, the primary motivation of human beings is to find meaning. So it is to find the meaning within our lives. What is that meaning? What is our own lighthouse? And um, how do we see ourselves as a lighthouse, as a strength or a symbol of strength and resilience? Can we withstand the storms of our lives? Can we help others to find the resilience for themselves? And if not, why not? What are we doing that is actually stopping this? Um, What Also, what guides us to become this beacon of light? As we find our own meaningful path, we need to also ask with gratitude who or what serves us as a lighthouse in our lives. That actually who walks beside us, who guides us, who helps us. To some people, they will say it's God. Other people will say it's their guru. Other people will say it's a particular friend, perhaps a spouse, um, a child. Whoever it is, we need to actually show our gratitude to them. And also to realize that everybody has a level of fear within them. And therefore everyone needs that helping hand. They need us too to be a light for them and I'm not saying become a light to the nations no definitely not I am actually saying what Viktor Frankl said that we cannot actually change the world we can't change what's happening in Afghanistan we can't change what's happening with the fires in Jerusalem in Greece the the earthquake in Haiti all those tragedies As much as we'd like to actually step in there and save the world, we are unable to do so. But we can change ourselves in order to help the people in our vicinity, to help the people actually that we are interacting with. And not only them, I have found, since I had someone on my my program a while ago, and we spoke about the recognition of the beggars at all the streets, I often don't have change Somehow we don't seem to carry change anymore Because we are ordering online and things But I know that people are handing out sandwiches Which I think is a wonderful idea But it's also just that recognition So behind the mask, even with our masks on Just to smile at the person Because you can see the smile within their in their eyes And give a slight wave there's that recognition and they will wave back and that will make us feel better, it's that play it forward uh, type of thing then of course we also need to understand that what Leo Bascoglio says worry never robs tomorrow of its sorrow it only saps today of its joy and that is incredibly important to understand that we we need to look at what is happening today. How can we bring that glimmer of hope into today? You know, after watching the Olympics I, I was absolutely amazed at the the recognition that each and every one of them had achieved greatness, never mind if they never got a medal. That was not, perhaps that was their goal. But to me, the fact that they got to the Olympics was an amazing achievement. And the pain and the agony and the disappointment to get there along the way and yet to go on again doing it, Nothing just happens. Uh, we we have the choice of how we respond to that pain and that fear. And today um, I received a, a YouTube's from a, a friend of mine, and thank you so much for sending the YouTube's of her grandchildren skating on skateboards. And I thought to myself, Wow, look at that! They have overcome. Uh, three of them at different levels, but each overcoming their own fear to actually uh conquer uh, the, their fear and the skateboard rink that they were on, it was quite amazing to see, and I felt the joy of their movement and the freedom of that movement and these These children are all going through the same feelings that the other children are going through, if you talk to your grandchildren or other children, you'll realize that so many of them are in pain at the moment, the pain of fear, the pain of confusion, the pain of not knowing what tomorrow holds and we need to be their beacon of light, we need to actually show them there is that hope at the end of the tunnel, and that we will all get through this together. And I think that is what is very important, this connectivity, to actually, as Cheryl uh, Sandberg says, to build resilience in adversity. Um, that is unbelievably true. Now, the other thing that I needed to talk about was how often Have you spoken to someone And this is incredibly irritating And you're telling them a story And they suddenly come in With what I call the comparison effect Perhaps there is such a thing, I'm not sure But this comparison effect is something that comes in And as you're telling the story You can see they have stopped listening Because they're so busy thinking about what they want to tell you about their own story or about someone else's story in order in order to almost top yours. So if you're talking about something that's worrying you, they will tell you or something that's happened to you, you will hear from them something worse that's happened to a friend of theirs or, or to themselves. So in other words, there's no empathy there. There's no empathetic listening. And that is what we're required to do at the moment to our friends. And to our family is, is to actually hear what they are saying, not to try and make out that you, that what you are, what they are going through is worse than what you are actually telling them. And I find this so often in pregnant women. I don't know if you've ever noticed this. Well, lately they're not all gathering outside schools and things, but when they used to, it always amazed me this conversation that it used to go, um, Oh, you're having a Caesar. Oh, my word. Oh, my gosh. I must tell you what happened to me. And the next minute you're hearing this horrific story going on to these poor women who are about to have their own babies. You know, it's time to actually stop it. Stop this comparison effect. Stop it and listen. Absolutely listen. There's also what's called the mum effect. And I actually quite like this, the mum effect. It's called minimizing un. Pleasant message, and this comes from that option B book by uh, Cheryl Sandberg and Adam Grant, and it's it's how we are inclined to minimise. So if someone says to you, you know, I'm um, I'm actually really having a very hard time at the moment. I'm very depressed, and uh, um, things are not going well. And you say, yeah, you know what? They could be a lot worse. You know, let's just face it. Do you know what's happening in Afghanistan at the moment? Do you know what's happening um, in uh, wherever wherever you want to find something worse that's happening? They will they will do this minimizing effect, and often it comes through with loss. So if someone is telling you about loss, this mum effect will come in, and they'll try and change the subject because they don't want you to talk about this, perhaps they think it's too painful, instead of actually recognising that no, what you're asking of them is actually just to hear you. And in this time of COVID, how can we help one another? Because let's face it, not everyone is, thank goodness, coping with the loss of a loved one, but everyone is coping with the loss of normality at the moment. There is no normality. And when people say this is our new normal, there's no such thing as a new normal. Because every day it changes, first of all. And secondly, we are humans. We are meant to connect with one another. We are meant to actually walk beside each other, greet each other talk to each other, share each other's experiences. So this is not normal to be isolated and and, and have to actually find your own strength. No, it's not normal. So the mum effect is does not work for us. We need to get away from that and allow people to actually voice their, their feelings, their feelings of anxiety, of fear. Not suddenly to say, oh yes, but also you must be grateful for such and such, whatever, which certainly there, of course there's a place for it. And Viktor Frankl also once spoke, uh, somebody came into him, a, a man who had lost his wife and family in the Holocaust. And he said to Viktor Frankl that he didn't believe that he could ever go on. And Viktor Frankl said, um, how would your wife have accepted this? how would she be able to go on and the man said oh i, I don't believe she she could have it would have been heartbreaking for her and victor frankl said and therefore you have taken it on and it's you who has gone on living and will find meaning in the fact that you that she has been spared
0: this is finding human with sue jackson only on 101.9 high fm
1: Hello, this is Sue Jackson, and we're about to hear um, a, a YouTube. We're now going to be listening to a short YouTube on Taking Back Joy after trauma with Cheryl Sandberg and Adam Grant.
2: About four months after Dave died, I went to a bar mitzvah, and I was with childhood friends. And one of my friends, Brooke, took me onto the dance floor, and we were dancing. And for like a minute, it was just amazing. And then I literally burst into tears on the dance floor. At first, I didn't know what was wrong. I thought I was missing Dave, but I'd been missing Dave for months, and this felt different. And then I realized I had felt happy for one minute. And then I immediately felt so guilty that I felt any happiness, any joy that I just crumbled. I told Adam the story about crying on the dance floor, and Adam said, of course you're not happy. It's been four months, you haven't done a single thing that would actually make you happy.
3: So many people struggle with survivor's guilt. When we lose someone close to us, we find ourselves wondering, why wasn't it me? Why couldn't I have saved that person? And I think this is such a natural reaction. I think one of the ways that that we deal with it is we take back joy. For a lot of people, this is about taking back the things that they loved before they lost a loved one or a job, and sort of reclaiming and saying, look, I'm I'm gonna give myself permission to enjoy these, these small things, because happiness is really the frequency of positive experiences, not the intensity.
2: Adam made another suggestion. He said, write down three moments of joy every night. Every night before I go to bed, I write down three moments of joy, and they can be really small. But what happens is that because I'm noticing those three moments of joy, it makes the whole day more joyful. And I think anyone who's gone through trauma, knowing that it is okay to find joy is so important.
0: This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on
1: 101.9 High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson on Finding Human. If you have any questions or would like to contact me, please do so on SMS 34519 or uh, telegram me on 061-895-1019. Um, I have just received a message from Anne that says, Thank you, you are speaking to me. I'm so pleased, Anne, because I feel I'm speaking to myself too. And Carol Zimmerman, thank you so much for your message Dear yes, Sue, please ask Kathy to give you two hours. Oy vey. Thank you. <laughs> now, you know what that's, that um, particular YouTube was about, was actually also about giving ourselves permission to feel. But how to also, the resilience is how, what we have to build ourselves. It is a skill. It's not just something that is often there. And uh, you do see it in children. But they seem to lose it sometimes along the way, and we have to help them. And um, so I think what what we can learn from today is that there are also such – why hope is so important. We need to hope. We need to look at the future and think to ourselves, it is going to improve because otherwise – we are left feeling helpless, and and hope is important because it does reduce these feelings of helplessness. It does increase um, happiness, and it reduces stress. So many of you are battling at the moment with uh, lockdowns, with uh, job losses. With your businesses uh, uh, really crumbling before you, and uh, and um, and you're and trying to make sure that your children are also getting through life uh, happily, and without hope, it's very difficult to actually do that. And why this is why hope is so important, and there are positive impacts of hope. What does it do? It actually gives us a reason to get out of bed every day. It improves our mental well-being. What about our immune system? You can read so much about how, how hope actually reduces our levels of stress and therefore helps our immune system. And it also, it, it improves our sense of self, self-belief, our own sense of confidence of actually realizing we do have a place in the world. Yes, we do. We, there is something we need to share. And let's share it. Let's connect and share it. It encourages us to take this positive action, to actually get out of bed and say, I have a meaning to get up. I have a purpose. There is a purpose in my life. Let me see what I can do. It encourages us also To surround ourselves with people who think the same way so that we can all help each other. Because one person in a group can actually bring you down. And you don't want to be that one person. I certainly don't want to be that one person. And I try very hard not to be. And of course, the positive impact of hope is also that it does create opportunities. And it does reduce anxiety. And sometimes we actually need to change things in our lives to bring this um, this th- this hope in. And how do we actually even this time of of um, the pandemic has also asked us um, who are you? Who do you want to be? And um, as Socrates says, know thyself. And to their own self, be true well, you know um, how do we actually know ourselves it is this this time is actually a unique time. it is asking us. We are being actually pushed and pulled in all different directions, and the circumstances are actually forcing us. To try to get to know ourselves in a different way And uh, to look at our strengths To look at our talents To use these to serve ourselves And then to also serve others It's also looking at our weaknesses To acknowledge our weaknesses And to see how we can change Is it an easy time? No, it definitely isn't And you know, there was one thing that really worried me And I, I, I'm, I'm going to have to look into it Why? That I was watching uh, the the, um, the um, What was going on at the, the airport in Afghanistan And everyone trying to hold on to the airplane to escape And it was mostly men Actually, I think it was all men And what worried me terribly Well, where are the women and the children? And it was a, a worry that really kept me awake last night Until this morning I said to myself You cannot actually hold that worry all day You can't do anything about it So well, what can I do? I can actually pray for them if I want to And that I do believe, I do believe in Tehillim, in, in Psalms I love David's Psalms and um, And I believe that's where we can help This
0: is Finding Human with Sue Jackson. Only on 101.9 High FM.
1: Hello, this is Sue Jackson on Finding Human. And I was uh, uh, talking about getting to know ourselves. And Viktor Frankl said, Live as if you were living already for the second time. And as if you had acted the first time as wrongly as you're about to act now. Now, I said before, on this program on my program, that this is a, a, a quote that has always fascinated me and also uh, bothered me because i don 't always uh, understand it but but then again, uh, Socrates did say that we need to and examine we need to actually look at our lives, examine our lives be, be become responsible for examining and understanding our own lives, and um, uh, uh, alex Petakos. In in his book, Prisoners of Our Thoughts, said that the basic tenet behind Socrates' uh, philosophical argument to know thyself is that he believed that at the unexamined life, the life of those who knew nothing of their real selves aspirations, actions, was actually not worthy to be lived because it was devoid of meaning. So therefore, the concept of the unexamined life also includes the unexamined relationships, the unexamined marriage, the unexamined job or career, and so forth. So we have a chance of actually, in this time, Of COVID, what is it asking of us? It's asking of us to get to know ourselves. And Lao Tzu said, from caring comes courage. So let's all start caring for one another. Another wonderful quote that I want to say give you is from Vincent van Gogh. And he says, though I am often in the depths of misery, there is still calmness, pure harmony and music inside me. So, whatever that I love, and just thinking of music, we need to know what are the experiential things that actually give us joy in our lives? Are they music, nature, friendships, what books, reading, gardening? Uh, listening to podcasts, we are incredibly fortunate to to have a library at our fingertips at the moment uh, with youtubes and what what is it that actually keeps you going? We need to know what it is and Cheryl Sandberg, when she spoke about a gratitude journal that is also unbelievably important to keep a journal of every single night to say to ourselves. What has actually been good today? What what has kept me going? Brene Brown said, sick of being afraid. What we experience allows us to be vulnerable. It's part of our uniqueness. It, It teaches us compassion, empathy, and that we are not alone. And she also says, share stories. Know one another and i think this is so important the storytelling i mean that's that's what people used to always do and uh i i actually i miss that story time you know i was at boarding school and we used to share a lot of um of of time of of um Unbelievable storytelling time of our lives It was just too wonderful And thank you Judy This has just come through from Australia She says um, uh, Please invite today's guest back again (laughs) You are my greatest fan Very uplifting and supportive and then from I suppose you pronounce it Nost, K-N-O-S-T, comes this saying, Do not be dismayed by the brokenness of the world. All things break and all things can be mended, not with time, as they say, but with intention. So go, love intentionally, extravagantly, unconditionally. The broken world waits in darkness for the light that is you. That is beautiful. Thank you so much, Jude. And on that, I'm going to have to um, uh, actually end. But I would like to end with this. And God said, love your enemy. And I obeyed him and loved myself. Khalil Gibran. Please go, find your own mem- your own meaning in your life, your own purpose. Know that you are unique that you are loved and you are special. God bless. Thank you so much.